Welcome to Mr. and Mrs. Therapy. We're your hosts, Tim and Ruth Olson, licensed marriage and family therapists and trauma experts. We provide wisdom for personal growth and healthy relationships. Stick with us and you'll gain practical tools and insights that will help you be a healthier and happier you. Hey everyone, welcome back to Mr. and Mrs. Therapy podcast. We're so glad that you're here with us today. We've been talking lately about scripts. And we're in a multi-part series where we've been talking about understanding scripts, where do scripts come from, the impact of the scripts on the relationship. And now we're going to talk about how do we change these unhealthy scripts that we've been a part of and the roles that we've been playing. So if you haven't already listened to the last episode, go ahead and listen to that. It'll be in our show notes. And we'll jump in with today's episode. So we're going to tell you guys a little bit of a story to help you understand and encapsulate what rescripting looks like. Now, this is a story we've used in the past, so if you're a long-time listener, you've probably heard this story before, but let's jump into this. So a while ago, Ruth and I were on the schedule where I'd be at the office, I'd be seeing some clients, she'd be at home with our daughter, at this time we only had one child, and then I would finish up with my client, I would come home, and then she might run to the office, and then I'd stay home with our daughter, and then we'd kind of go back and forth sometimes like that. And one day in particular, I had finished up my last client, I had come home, And Ruth had to run to the office to go see her client. Now, when I came home, our oldest daughter was in the high chair. She was like one and a half at the time or something around that age range. And at that time, it was almost her bedtime. So I got her out of the high chair. I cleaned her up. I got her ready for bed. I put her down into bed. And I kind of thought, you know, it's late. I'm kind of tired. Maybe I'll put myself to bed. And so I got ready for bed. I got in bed. And right about that time, Ruth had finished up with her client and then had come home. And she came upstairs and then she asked me, did you clean the kitchen? And I responded to that, no, did you ask me to? And she said no, and then she turned around and walked away. Now, in my mind, I had thought, I think she was a little bit upset with me, but I wasn't certain about that. But then I thought, well, if she was, we'll find out later. And so I laid down to try to go to sleep. So just a side note, we were telling this story as part of a talk that we were doing in front of maybe a hundred women. And so when I said, hey, did you clean the kitchen? And he said, no, did you ask me to? There was an audible gasp from the women. Oh, for sure. I was public enemy number one (laughs) when I said that. Because in their mind, if somebody says, no, did you ask me to? That's already setting things up. Not great. They came from the assumption that I was almost making a chauvinistic statement like, no, I wouldn't do that. That's something you should have to do. That wasn't my intent at all. We'll get there. Not quite there in the story yet. But I think you had interpreted a similar way and you got a lot of validation there that many other people interpreted it the same exact way. Right, because I interpreted it as, no, did you ask me to meant, no, unless you ask me to do something, I'm not going to do it. But like he said, we'll get there. So I had laid back down and she went downstairs and then she came up about five or ten minutes later. And when she came back up, she said, can I tell you why I'm upset? I was like, oh, no, I was right. (laughs) And so then she started to explain just that, where she said, you know, when you said to me, no, did you ask me to? What that tells me is that you're not going to do anything around here unless I ask you to. And so she was pretty peeved at this moment. She was not in a very good mood. She was thinking really bad thoughts about me. And fortunately, in that moment, because I had kind of prepped when she walked out of the room, I was like, I think she might be upset. Right. In that five to 10 minutes, I didn't fall asleep because I was thinking, I think she's mad. And then I was running through scenarios about, all right, if she comes in, she's upset. I need to be prepared to handle this conversation well and to navigate it well. So I was planning healthy, positive scripts in my mind for how to engage her through the course of this interaction. Oh, for sure. And when he says I came out five to 10 minutes later, that astounds me every time because 
in my mind, that time where I went downstairs and cleaned the kitchen, I was just thinking about all these things in my mind and letting myself escalate and escalate and just stew in the frustration and the anger. And so it did not feel like five to ten minutes to me. It felt like a lot longer. And so when she came up, I practiced the technique we've talked to you guys about before, love. And so I listened all the way through to completion. I showed her that I understood her perspective. And then in the validation portion, I even put a little extra emphasis on there where I said, you know what, if that were what I was saying, it's totally fair for you to be mad at me. But if you notice there, I hedged my bets a little bit. I said, if that were what I was saying, it's totally fair. But in that moment, even though when she came in, I recognized she misunderstood what I was trying to convey, I didn't immediately challenge that. Because if I would have done that, we more likely would have escalated into a conflict in that moment. But instead, I kept my wits about me, I stuck to the tool, and then I finished all the way through. And then at the end, I said, you know, can I tell you what I really meant? And she said yes, and I said, you know, when I said no, did you ask me to? What I was really trying to say was that I was worried she had asked me and I had forgot or that she had asked me and I wasn't paying attention. It's not that she needed to ask me to do it, but I was particularly concerned that she had actually asked me to and I had zero recollection. Now, the way I asked her left it open to interpretation. And so a part of it was that was bad on me. That portion of it was bad on me where I asked it in a way where it was clumsy and she could misinterpret that. But I really wanted to know, like, oh my gosh, did I forget? Not again that it's not a task I should have done. I'm just a little single track focused minded. And so when I thought about putting my daughter to bed, I walked upstairs. The kitchen was out of sight, out of mind. And so I just didn't think about the kitchen again. Not that I wouldn't have cleaned it or not that she needs to ask me to. That wasn't really at all what I was trying to convey. What I just want to know is, oh gosh, did you actually ask me to do that? And then I totally have zero memory of that. And so... When I said that, that didn't immediately solve how you felt, though, right? There was still a little bit of raw feelings. I think in one of the previous episodes when we were talking about scripting, I said, when you responded well to me, when I was expecting a negative response, it didn't immediately make me feel better. As a matter of fact, it felt a little bit dissatisfying because I was expecting and reared up ready for a conflict, and then one didn't come. Now, after this whole thing played out, and it ended up playing out well, it didn't blow up too bad. You were upset and it hurt your feelings the way that I had asked the question, even though that wasn't my intent. We want to now try to avoid that as a misunderstanding and a conflict in the future. And so now what we jump into is now the re-scripting phase where we were hashing this out and talking this through. And to just recap what we just talked about a little bit ago, I should have took a minute to kind of look at, first of all, the overall picture of what was happening I was tired and I just came home from work. He had had the baby and he was taking care of her and that was his focus. And then the second part to think about his character. What is Tim normally like? Who is he? That allows me to give him the benefit of the doubt or to assume positive intent from him. And then think about how do I want this conversation to go? What is the end picture and the end goal in mind? And then to re-script and implement that. And so this is where we rescripted. And rescripting is such a valuable tool because it allows you to set yourself up for success in the future. And so when the same situation comes up, you know what to say. Or you have an opportunity to practice a new script and see if that goes well. Because it may go absolutely horrible again. And you may have to rescript again and think through that again. But it may work. And it may work just a little better. And then you rescript again and you figure it out. 
but we sat down and we talked about, in the future, if this comes up again, or a situation that's similar, what can I say, or how can I ask you in a way that'll help us to clearly communicate? And so what we came up with is, if I haven't asked him to do something, then when I come home or when I want to ask him about it, I'll say, hey, by chance, did you get to clean the kitchen? So in his mind, he won't get confused and think, oh no, did she ask me? And he won't start panicking. But he'll know that I mean, hey, I didn't ask you to do this, but by chance did you get around to it? And I think this is the part that I identified wrong, which is why I asked the incorrect question was, I felt like she was asking me a loaded question, or I felt like there was a hidden meaning behind her question. And so now when she says that term, by chance did you, I know Literally, she just needs the information. There's no ulterior motives. There's no hidden meaning. It's just, that's it. Not that Ruth ever communicates that way with ulterior motives or hidden meaning, but that removes the possibility of me misinterpreting her question as having some type of hidden meaning. And so you're going to notice that there's a couple opportunities for a turning point in the conversation. And so if I happen to miss that cue and I still say the same thing, I come home and I say, hey, did you clean the kitchen? We then came up with a script where Tim can say something to also clarify the same situation. And so in this scenario, Ruth doesn't follow her script, but then I have a backup script. And so it's a double safety valve here. So if she doesn't follow her script, then my response can be, no, did I forget to? Instead of no, did you ask me to, which can be misinterpreted as exactly what you thought it was, was I'm not going to do something unless you ask me to. If I say no, did I forget to? That's much clearer where she understands that I'm now asking her because I want to know, oh no, did I forget to do something? Or are you just asking me if something has been done? And then she can clarify after that. And it takes that burden of responsibility onto him because he's the one saying that, where he's saying, did I forget to? Rather than saying, did you ask me to? It takes on that responsibility. And Emerson Eirich in Love and Respect has a really great script that he teaches you to use. So if Tim does something that hurts me, it's, that felt unloving. Did I do something disrespectful? Or if I did something to hurt him or that was disrespectful, he teaches to say, that felt disrespectful. Did I do something unloving? And it kind of has that same theme of what we just talked about where Tim says, no, I didn't. Did I forget to? Where me saying, that felt unloving. Did I do something disrespectful? Because it takes on that responsibility to me. And I'm not blaming him or putting him in a box or in a corner and attacking him, saying, why did you say that to me? That was so unloving or that was so hurtful. Or the opposite, me shutting down fully and just kind of withdrawing. Instead, it gives voice to my concern, but it also takes responsibility that there may have been something that I contributed to this argument or this conflict, saying that felt unloving or that was hurtful. Did I do something that made you feel disrespected? And I think it's a very powerful statement because it hits two birds with one stone where you're simultaneously communicating how somebody has made you feel, but then seeking to identify, did I play a factor or a role in causing you to respond that way? And I think it really helps to foster compassion because it disarms the other person. And instead of feeling blamed, it comes from a place of understanding. Like, I really want to understand what just happened. So in that example of the dishes, we could have easily worked through it and apologized and said that, you know, it was a misunderstanding and moved on from there. But the part that's so valuable in debriefing is preparing for the future when this comes up. And so that script 
We initially used it a lot in the beginning to make sure that we didn't run into the same issue and we didn't run into the same misunderstanding. But now it's become such a part of our vocabulary that I actually don't even recognize it. And I think we use it less and less because I think that just really helped us to identify and work on areas in our marriage that could have easily turned into misunderstanding and then conflict that was really unnecessary. And I think it doesn't matter how compatible you guys are or how good of communicator you guys are. Miscommunication is such a rampant thing, I think, among all relationships that having this idea and ability to work at rescripting really is a foundational piece to having a good, healthy relationship. If you can't manage to rescript, it really is going to make it a deep struggle because most of the time couples really get annoyed by these reoccurring problems because if you have this reoccurring problem that you can't solve, it causes you to feel a certain sense of hopelessness. And then when you go down that path and you feel hopeless, that's a lot of times where people give up really trying. That causes you to really then be stuck in this unhealthy dynamic because now we're not making any efforts or strides to move in a different direction. So another thing too, and we talked a little bit about this, I think in the previous episode, but when you are talking on behalf of somebody where you're saying what their motivations are or what they're feeling, another script you can use where instead of asking an open-ended question, because sometimes people can really struggle with that, is you can just shift that dynamic just a little bit So this is a script that comes from Brene Brown, and the script is the story I'm telling myself. When you're talking to somebody, you're letting them know when you say that, I'm not saying that you think this or you feel this, but I'm letting you know I'm worried or I think you might be thinking or saying this. And it allows them to, when you phrase it that way, to distance themselves immediately without having to get defensive because you're taking on responsibility again, just like you were saying a little bit ago, Ruth, you're taking responsibility on that. This is a story I know I'm telling myself. It might be true. It might not be true. But I'm starting off at this idea that this is just happening inside my own head. And so when you do that, that's a way you can try to communicate your fear of what your partner might be thinking or feeling about you in the moment without triggering that defensiveness. And so that little bit of a rescript, if you just add on that statement, the story I'm telling myself can cause that same type of sentence to go a totally different direction. Let's talk a little bit about how do we get these scripts. And so basically what you're going to do is you're going to ask and You're not asking in theory, how should I approach this? You're asking for an actual script. What can I say? So if there's an issue when you're talking about it and you're debriefing what just happened or you're doing your daily dialogue, you want to still be able to give voice to your concern. We're not trying to hush anyone or say just to suck it up and move on because we don't want you bottling things up. But we want to be able to give voice to your concern, but also to be able to get a script from them to be able to say it in a way that they will receive it best. Because in conflict, emotions are heightened anyway. And so if you can get a script from the other person, they're basically giving you permission to say this, right? And that's what we need in a highly emotional situation. Well, I think the important thing when you're using the words somebody else gave you, even if later they realize, I don't really like how that sounds or that comes across, it's harder for them to get upset with you because in that moment, they also will have the thought, well, I gave them permission to say that. And so it is also okay if you end up finding out, hey, I thought this was going to land on me like this in a better way, but it's landing on me more like this in a worse way. It is absolutely okay to revisit that rescripting and then change it later on. 
And I would even say it's encouraged to do that. Because after you have this conversation and use the scripts, you want to then go back and debrief that. And this doesn't always have to be a sit-down meeting where we're talking and we are now debriefing, right? But just in conversation, being able to ask, hey, how did that work out? Or I used that script that you told me to use. Is there anything that you want me to change about it? And so going back to the original script, you just want to be able to say, the next time this comes up, what can I say or how can I phrase this in the best way for you? So in the dishes example, being able to say, Tim, the next time I have to ask you if something is done, how can I say that or how can I phrase that to you? And so then I would respond, well, I think if you said something like, by chance, did you clean the dishes, that that would feel more clear to me and I would understand more what you're saying. And I'll just say, okay, we'll try that. And I think a lot of times where the school self or something happens in session is somebody will ask for a script in session and say, well, the next time I need to address this or say this, how can I say this best? And the other person will say, I don't know, just say it. And I'll jump in and I'll say, we need to get from you exactly what you want her to say or exactly what you want him to say, because it is important. And so I don't want that to be the answer where you just say, I don't know, just say it. Because clearly whatever they've said in the past has not worked or has not helped. And that's why we're using scripts. And this is much harder if you don't have both people on board or both people don't know this technique or this tool, right? But you can definitely educate or help your spouse to come to this understanding. And I would say even if you can't get them on the same page, like let's say you're in a situation where your spouse is just more generally hostile to you, at the very least you can try experimentation with different scripts where you can say, okay, that didn't work before. Let me try this instead. Okay, well, that really went worse than the other one. So let me try this (laughs) different one instead where it's you still have a hope of finding something that can work better, just knowing, okay, these things are not working. And so I'm going to now try a new thing. Or you don't necessarily have to throw out the whole thing. It can be sometimes just, I'm going to do a little tweak on this. I'm just going to try it to be a little bit different. Even going back to the new script that I use, instead of saying, no, did you ask me to? It's just a little tweak to, no, did I forget? It's almost the exact same thing, just a little tiny tweak. And it went from, basically a catastrophic failure of communication to now it's extremely clear and understandable. And the second thing I see in session a lot when we're working with scripts is someone will get a response and they'll give them a script and say, okay, next time just say, no, did you ask me to? And what happens is then the person asking for the script responds negatively and doubts what they said and says, well, that's not going to work or you're going to get mad anyway if I say that. So then I jump in and I say, well, he's giving you a script. Let's just try it and see. And then we can come back and debrief it. And that's where kind of giving that benefit of the doubt that he's saying he thinks this will work. So all you have to say is, okay, I'll try that next time. And then if that doesn't work, come back and talk about it. But don't already assume that they're going to respond negatively if they're giving you a script. Even if in the past they really have responded negatively to exactly that same phrasing, like Tim said, now they're giving you permission to say it. So just see if maybe that little tweak changes it. Yeah, I think a lot of times people will look at a situation and think, well, I've tried that or I tried something similar to that and then think there's no way this is going to work in the future. But a part of it is when you're working on relationship stuff with people is having an open and curious mind to say, well, maybe it could. Let me at least just try Because you don't have a whole lot to lose from trying. If it didn't go well in the past, you don't have a whole lot to lose from trying a new different direction. It could go well. And I think a part of the thing is people might be even afraid it can go well. Because if it goes well, that means I was doing it wrong. 
But at the end of the day, if you want a healthier, better relationship, I'd rather you be wrong and then move towards a healthier place than be right and stay in an unhealthy place. And we'll talk about this maybe in a future episode, but I just want to mention that those small tweaks that Tim is talking about, or as you're testing things out and trying things out without your partner's knowledge, those small tweaks really can make a difference. Imagine someone coming home and saying, what's wrong? Versus, are you okay? There's a difference in that because what's wrong, even though there is something wrong, sometimes that can be more frustrating or irritating. Versus someone coming home and saying, are you okay? That shows a sense of concern and compassion and empathy for you. That they want to know what's going on and they want to know if you are okay. And so these little changes in communication can really make a big difference. All right, guys, thank you so much for listening. This has been our series on scripting. And just a brief recap of kind of the entire series that we've been on is that we have these scripts that we develop. Some can be unhealthy, negative scripts, and those scripts can cause us to barrel towards problems. And if we get stuck in those patterns, that they continually bring about these bad outcomes. And so if we can work at identifying the fact that we're operating under these scripts, and then figure out what is a new healthier script we can replace that with, then we can start working at getting these healthier outcomes. And a part of it is being aware and understanding there may be an experimentation process to figure out what's the right or optimal script to get there. All right, guys, thanks so much for listening. And remember, your mind is a powerful thing. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode of Mr. and Mrs. Therapy. If you enjoyed this podcast or found it helpful, we'd love for you to take some time and leave us a review on Apple Podcast. If you have a question or a topic you'd like discussed in future episodes, visit our Facebook group, Mr. and Mrs. Therapy Podcast, and let us know. Disclaimer, although we are mental health providers, this podcast is for informational purposes only and is not intended to provide diagnosis or treatment. Please seek professional help if you're struggling with persistent mental health issues, chronic marital issues, or call the National Suicide Hotline at 988 if you are contemplating suicide.